Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion, because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. My name is Gayla Zoes, and you are listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast, episode number 11. Today, we're going to talk about habits. Bad habits. When it comes to building a brand or creating a reputation as a subject matter expert, the way you communicate matters. It matters a lot. And many of us develop bad habits around communication, but we have no idea we've done so. I call these bad habits credibility killers. Have you ever been in the midst of a conversation with someone and you've been so completely distracted by some speech pattern or mannerism that you were completely unable to catch what the person was trying to say? You couldn't hear what they were saying because of how they were saying it. It happens all the time. And the unfortunate reality is this. You may be indulging in one of these credibility killers, unaware that people are drawing conclusions about you that you don't want them to draw. If you're running a business or you're in a position to interact with the public, you owe it to yourself to avoid these credibility killers. If you're planning to create videos or launch a podcast, this is even more important. When you're the center of attention, you want it to be for the right reasons, not because you did something unprofessional that grated on the nerves of your audience. You could have all the knowledge in the world on a subject, yet be perceived as less than knowledgeable. People may even be laughing behind your back. And don't be surprised if nobody tells you. Your competitors certainly won't tell you because they're too busy enjoying it. So let's look at four of the most common credibility killers. First, there's what I call uptalk. This is when you end a declarative sentence with an upward inflection in your voice like you're asking a question, only you're not asking a question. You're making a statement. This annoying communication trend may have started with Valley Girls back in the 80s, but it has been embraced by generations since then. Up-talking implies a lack of certainty in what you're saying. It sounds like you're floating a suggestion, not stating a fact. It conveys a lack of authority, knowledge, depth, and experience. If you want to sound unprofessional and insecure, this is a great way to do it. Let's look at an example. You've heard of the Gettysburg Address, I'm assuming. I think everyone knows the first few lines. They go like this. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, listen to my inflections. They go down at the end. Now, if I'm up-talking, the Gettysburg Address would sound like this. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal? Would you have taken Abe Lincoln seriously if he'd read it that way? Probably not. So if you're interested in communicating your expertise, UpTalk creates an obstacle 
to being taken seriously. Ending each statement by appearing to ask a question gives the impression that you're not confident, and that can lead your listener to lose confidence in you. Next, there's what I call the overblink. This is when a person blinks way more than normal. You've probably seen somebody do this, maybe during a conversation or maybe even on a video. Communication experts say that the overblink is a sign of nervousness, or maybe your contacts have slipped out of position, or you've got dust in your eye. If that happens to you, turn the camera off and start over. There's a cable news channel that I watch quite a bit, and there's an anchor on this channel who does the overblink. It took me by surprise the first time. This person is on a major, and I mean a major, news channel, and she's blinking 200 times a minute while she talks. Her eye blinks just don't stop. And that means I can't stop watching because I want to see if she gets a hold of her overblinking, and she doesn't. And I'm thinking, somebody please tell her that she's overblinking. How can a person at this level not know? Like, where is her producer? Where is her agent? Where is her doctor? When you're leading a meeting, whether you're networking, presenting a proposal, or shooting a video, it is especially important to avoid the overblink. If you don't, the people you're trying to reach won't be able to hear or see much of anything else. Third, there's the vocal fry. You know that thing that people sometimes do when they make their voice sound low and creaky, often toward the end of a sentence, almost like they're running out of breath and all they can do is manage a weak little croak. That's the vocal fry, my friends. It can best be observed among people who bring their voice to a lower register as they complete a sentence. The Kardashians are famous for it. And if you're a football fan, you've heard the announcer Chris Berman do it. He's really good at it. The vocal fry. That low, glottal, creaky sound from the vocal cords is everywhere. Now, if you're a business owner, the vocal fry can make things harder than they have to be. A 2014 study in the journal Psychological Science showed that listeners found authoritative hierarchical voices to be steady in pitch, more varied in volume, and less strained. Women seem to catch the most of the flack for the vocal fry, even though there are plenty of guys who do it too. It may be that it's not as noticeable among men because their voices are naturally deeper. And age may have something to do with it as well. Research and anecdotal evidence show that older listeners are the most offended by the vocal fry. In fact, a Stanford University study found that while those older than 40 thought a radio reporter with vocal fry did not sound authoritative, those younger than 40 actually thought the creaky-voiced reporter did, in fact, sound authoritative. Another study published in 2010 in the journal American Speech showed that Although college-aged Americans say that the creaky voice makes a speaker sound hesitant, non-aggressive, and informal, they also thought it made the speaker sound educated, urban-oriented, and upwardly mobile. So, has the vocal fry wormed its way into normalcy in American speech? Well, personally, I hope not. And finally, there's the filler... These are words and phrases that get inserted into sentences, things like, uh, uh, mm, like, or, you know, words like sort of basically kind of, you know, I could go on, but you get the drift. Fillers 
are crutches. They can help us when we're at a loss for words, but more often, they're simply a bad habit. Most people use them without thinking, and they don't even notice when they use them. But trust me on this, other people are noticing. Overusing filler can make you look less than competent. The overuse of the word like is a good example. Now, here's a little bit of history. Modern usage of the word like stems from what's known as valley speak. Now, if you're of, of a certain age, you may remember when this was a thing. It all started in the late 70s in California's San Fernando Valley. Valley speak is how a valley girl talks. If you're too young to know what a valley girl is, just Google it and you'll see all kinds of stuff about it. Well, this universally annoying valley speak spread like wildfire across the U.S., morphing into what some people now call mall speak. And that's when the word goes, goes in the place, of the word says, and words like, you know, I mean, and like, fill pauses in the conversation. Though full-on valley speak and mall speak have faded out since the 80s, overuse of the word like has hung on. In fact, it's a habit I've overcome myself. And I hear it a lot in others. In fact, yesterday, I was listening to the podcast of a well-known personal coach whose protégés appear on her podcasts. One protégé spent an hour using the word like as filler. So I started counting the number of times I heard it. Now, I stopped counting at 250. And this was about five minutes in. And, and this was a 60-minute podcast. It was a total distraction. It was almost unlistenable. All right. There you have it. Up talk. The overblink. The vocal fry. And fillers. These are four communication habits that every small business owner should be aware of, especially before you go on camera to record videos or you sit down at the mic to record podcasts. If you're not sure whether you're falling into these traps, I have two words for you. Get feedback. Ask someone you trust to give you the straight scoop. Ask the person to watch your videos and listen to your audio recordings with a goal of rooting out any distracting communication habits. Here's the key takeaway. If you're a small business owner, communication habits that seem harmless can do real damage. They can have a powerful negative effect on the way you're perceived by prospects, by referral sources, by just about everyone. They're called credibility killers for a reason. That's it for this week's episode of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. I will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at simplemarketing.academy. The Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.